Hello and welcome to this episode of Unboxing Women where we explore why women in business are often called such a bitch. My name is Micah Rose and with me is my friend Dana Rex and we are both independent recording artists and singer-songwriters based in Europe. You can listen to us on our YouTube channel and on your favourite podcast platform. And we have a guest with us today. Her name is Angela Durant and she is a voice coach for musicians and has been for the past 12 years. Um, She comes from a very musical background, which um, hasn't stopped her from venturing out into the business world as well. So um, Angela, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into doing what you're doing? Yes, absolutely. Um, Sometimes I think I'm I'm one of those failed musicians that found a destiny somewhere else, really. My family background was... um, one of uh, maybe people can relate to it sometimes you grow up and you see a lot of people around you and they all seem to be either super confident or doing things so my family background is that my uncle and my grandfather were at the top of their game as um variety artists what we call in the uk music hall so uh, you can youtube him my uncle was a ukulele player and film star in the 40s called george formby and uh, George Formby was incredibly mega famous, so much so that there is still a convention in the UK that meets every single year, even though he died in the 60s. So he was incredibly, incredibly famous, a bit like the Kardashians today or something in their time. Now, he died before I was born, so I never actually met my uncle, but I do remember growing up and and traveling around the UK with my parents and my dad uh, was a performer comedian and he took that act in the sort of 1970s variety all around the music hall theatres of the UK when I was a child so some of my overriding memories are standing at the side of stages in sort of musty old UK theatres watching uh, comedians that were sort of at the top of their game and I really Just I think I kind of got this idea of audience connection and being in front of an audience from just watching people at the top of their game and how they acted and and their their ability to to be in front of an audience and just transform them. So uh, from there, really, I, I always wanted to be a musician. My mum was a classical singer and my dad was a variety and a comedian. So it's kind of like a mixed metaphor. Didn't quite know where to land myself, as it were. But I ended up going towards a more sort of classical career, I think, because you're just generally influenced by what's around you at the time. And that's what mm. they, that was the only thing that was around me at the time was was classical music. So I went in that direction um, and eventually ended up um, didn't end up at music college straight away. I ended up leaving home and actually um, moving to Cardiff from Birmingham, which is sort of like halfway across the UK country, um, in order to sort of to kind of find myself in my early 20s, as it were. So I didn't quite know where to, where to go with it all. I had actually been around touring with a musical in my teens and, and even been into a recording studio, but nothing was really sitting, as it were. But I ended up in a recording studio for four years before even going to music college. And that four-year stint in the in the recording studio, that was absolutely fascinating because um, the amount of things that I worked with behind the scenes, I absolutely love the recording process now and I love sound and acoustics. But that variety of a career, I never thought that would come back to help me, as it were. Um, But I ended up going to music college and re-studying classical um, and then sort of embarking on a a career. But one of the biggest things that really 
I struggled with was I struggled with confidence issues to start with. Um, and I struggled with not always knowing where to put myself and where to fit myself in the music arena. So you tend to go down acceptable routes and you never really truly sit there and find your own path. So it wasn't until my late 20s, really, as I was sort of having a bit of a sort of a, a part career here, some some work here, some work there, etc. And it wasn't really transferring itself into anything really, really major. Um, certainly, I was not going to be like my uncle or my grandfather. That was that was clear. Um, and so at one point, so I remember kind of having that moment where you go, do you want to be just do you want to be doing this in your sort of 40s and 50s and trying for this career that you're not quite sure where to sit with? Or do you want to actually really rethink this whole area and, and what's available to you? And it was that one question in my mind that actually opened up. Maybe sometimes you lose a fantasy and find a destiny because I think for some people, they really do need to go towards a music career and other people need to have careers that are in the music industry and they find themselves in lots of different ways. And for me, I wanted to be a mentor and I started to want to teach people things that I had never been taught. And that led me to probably working with about a thousand different singers and speakers over the last 12 years, which I would never have done if I'd have just faffed around trying to make something of myself to prove something to somebody that didn't really matter, if that makes sense. You know, so I've really enjoyed my teaching career. Um, I've really enjoyed helping people get management deals, get onto theatre school, uh, you know, sort themselves out and actually have a, a music career or a pathway and find their own unique way through the, you know, the music industry and what they want to make of it. Because I really did feel as if there was not a lot of guidance for me when I really needed it. There was an idea of what you should do. And if you didn't fit into that mold, as it were, then you might as well forget it. And that is such a shame because for me in, in, at my time, it, there was never the option to try and find your own unique expression, your own pathway. So one of the things that brings a great joy to me that I truly, truly love is working with up and coming singer songwriters, up and coming musicians, because now I've obviously had, a th you know, I've had a, both a theatre background, a performance background, a stage background um, and also a recording engineer background. So I'm, I've been well placed with all of those different things to to help guide people to finding their particular voice, their unique style, and, and finding out, well, how to make a business out of this music. Because the idea of the music business is, is like Eric Morecambe, one of our UK comedians, said in the 70s, it's, it's often, it's not show business, it's often business before the show. And so many don't really find their feet because they haven't got that business acumen. They don't quite know where they sit with their style. And I just feel as if... Um, that's a space I've been able to help a number of people in where I couldn't have been helped in my own journey, as it were. So that's a little bit of a potted history for you. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, very inspirational. I I want to book a session. Actually. <laughs> I'm like, I need to know more. Help me. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I've... Um... I've known Angela for a while, so I've heard a lot of this before, but um, I think it's incredible how um, when you think about it, you having gone through your career as an audio engineer uh, mm -hmm. for those four years and then um, going into classical singing and then going into teaching um, where you had to um, 
you had to start learning not just classical but other styles as well because people who were coming to you were contemporary um and then if you think about that all of that put together you don't just think about voice or the vocals from the inside but also what is actually uh, as an audio engineer you also think about okay so this is how um how it looks when recorded and this is how i don't know if i'm expressing myself correctly but you know so much more about sound than just one side like usually right. you're either a vocalist or you know about recording and i think it's interesting i think that's probably given you quite a unique perspective on how the voice works yeah I, I, actually yes it, i think it has and um here's what i i discovered um when i first set up a teaching practice in 2009 i seemed to have um an innate capacity I'd been around the business world before and I had an innate understanding of visibility and maybe how to market myself. And what I realized immediately that was that the people that or the things that I had trained in, say classical singing and singing with orchestra and going out, etc., um, they weren't the people that were coming to me. And I had a choice to make at that point. Did I serve the people that were coming to me or did I just wait for what I was used to? And I decided to serve who was in front of me. And that took me on an incredible learning journey. And so I'm. Um, <clears throat> there are times to hold out for what you want. And there's times to actually look at what are the opportunities that are right in front of you, because life can take you on incredible journeys if you will say yes to some of those. And we have to kind of take the blinkers off a little bit. So what happened is when these people were coming to me and, you know, I don't like to fluff people. I don't lie to them. I wanted to know. And I, I wasn't going to take people's money if I couldn't actually send them in the right direction and help them. So I started to research contemporary vocal techniques. And I brought into Wales, uh, which was then something called speech level singing, uh, since I studied several other vocal uh, methodologies at the same time. But that was one that was being uh, that was in the US at the time. And it was a classical singer who had created a, a, a lot of exercises that were helping contemporary singers. And so that really appealed to me. And um, Seth Riggs was uh, was his name. And uh, he was literally the, I think, the catalyst for many, many vocal coaches of top quality in the US that are now working, you know, with, with high-end uh, people. And, and speech level singing has kind of changed its uh, approach and it has different... Uh, sort of facets of it now, et cetera. And, and methods are only a, a tool in the bag, as it were. But it enabled me to really grow my vocal practice here in Wales. It enabled me to help a lot of people very, very quickly. And it took me on my own personal vocal journey in a way that I possibly couldn't have ever gone. So within a space of two years, I'd already cleaned up all of my own vocal habits and I was singing belt and rock and working with all these different things. And it it really was amazing to me because I had this firm belief that you weren't born one type of singer. That was preference, if that makes sense. You know, mm. um, I was only around a certain type of singing. I had no other kind of gr graduation into anything else. But I had such fun for a couple of years singing in a gospel rock band and learning how to actually sing belt and to really sort of understand how to change my vocal muscles and my mechanism to meet the demands of what was in front of me. So as a teacher, it, it made it much, much easier for me to have empathy, to understand and to lead some of my singers 
from maybe singing in one particular facet to another and to overcome habits that they may have picked up along the way that were that they might through lack of confidence or through overthinking or self-concern think it was going to take them out the game and actually you could fix these things pretty quickly and that's quite transformational uh you know when we're when we can do that with people I'm actually hearing a couple of things. So you do vocal coaching and techniques, but then there's this the business um, facet as well, where you guide people through. Well, it's a little bit of a, you know, what do you, what do you want to do kind of kind of thing. So I- explain those two sides for me. Cool. Well, that how I started off was wanting to be as good a vocal coach as I possibly could be because I was learning my craft at the time back in the, you know, sort of late 2009, 10, 11. And as I was doing that, when you're starting to work with a lot of people time and time again, you start to see some trends, you start to see some commonalities, etc. And here's what I kind of understood. I thought there were some people that were coming to me that desperately wanted a career and they desperately shouldn't have had one. It wasn't the right move for them at all. It just wasn't, you know. They were hankering after something. They could be so satisfied and do so well if they would actually kind of look in a different direction or do it for a hobby, etc. And this is going to sound it sounds really interesting, but there were some people they just weren't. They loved singing. They wanted to sing, but they were putting a wrong kind of pressure on themselves to enter into a music business that was a music business that they didn't have the character to keep them there. And they didn't really have, they were the wrong age, unfortunately, for some things or for what they wanted to go into, or they needed to really take themselves in a direction that was owning a different niche or a different pathway. And there were some people that I could truly see with a few tweaks here and there and some understanding of how to actually market themselves and move forward could potentially have the careers that they didn't think they could have and it would take focus and it and and it's it's a bit like personal branding you know it's never just the it's never just the voice because if it was the it was if it was the voice alone you know how good you are or in your own mind then more people would be professional musicians but there's always people that have they have a great look they have a uh, they have great songwriting ability they have a great uh, sort of charisma they are able to um really sort of work themselves as a product and a marketable force they are the people that have an opportunity to move forward and it and it might feel a little bit harsh to say so because i do believe that every single person has the right to sing the ability to sing and that there is a route to an in, either an enjoyment of singing or a career in singing and musicianship but it is not an easy route to take as you both will probably understand and we have to live we have to lift the lid off the ability to even go there in the first place but I found that it, I wasn't being true for people if I didn't say, do you want this enough to go all in? Do you want this enough to actually put the work in, put the training? Because you can't turn up to me a week later and go, well, the dog at my vocal homework, miss. It's not going to work. You know, it's kind of like you can't just make an excuse. You you have to go all in and you have to kind of really want it. And my husband was a music producer. Um, I I married my music producer husband, but not the time I was in the studio. Um, And, you know, he would used to say, he said he would he would work with bands and he would say, you know, 
it, he would t- take their demos and, and sort of produce it into an amazing place. And then they'd kind of implode on the inside because that journey from taking themselves from an amateur to a professional was happened in the mind before it happened in the music and, and everything else. It happens in the mind. So mindset in 2018, I went off to study psychology to help people really order this mindset, the marketing and the music. If we don't bring all three together, people that genuinely want to have a career in music are going to sort of sabotage themselves in one place or another. So for me, it's been a huge 12-year evolution to, to look at an artist in front of me and go, who is this unique person in front of me? What is the road and the pathway that this person really needs to take to actually go in the direction of their dreams or where they really want to go. And just very, very occasionally, I have to say to a few people, not a, not a lot, you know, because I do only take on people that I know now I can actually do something with. But it was that bit to go, do you know what? Kind of take a side journey or go in a different direction or think outside the box. And then suddenly other areas of music or other things open up to people or other routes even into what they're doing. But you kind of have to take all the blinkers off, all the box off, and you have to see yourself as both a musician. You have to mentor yourself. You've got to be your own best friend or you've got to have a good mentor that you can in the music industry that you can you can rely on. Um, and and you've got to be able to form those business connections and those understandings long term to take you in the direction where you want to go, as if you were starting any other business. Yeah. And that might sound quite sort of direct and strategic, but twelve years down the line, it you you can't you know you can take people where they want to go, but I found if I'm if I'm honest and not fluffy, I can get the best out of people, and then we can get them there faster than they would have tried on their own. Yeah, yeah, that's always great. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, you have to be, you know, realize that as an artist, you are a business and you need to market yourself. You need to, you know, have a brand. You need to, you know, you need to do all that business work before you can, you know, um, you have to sell yourself as a product, basically. And that's sometimes mm. hard for people to to do or to understand or to you know they 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 feel a bit weird about that because they're a person obviously but it's still yeah it's you're still a a, a product in the end yeah it is and just to kind of you know sweeten the pill a little bit is that you've got to have a great product to market so you have to start with your craft you have to start with your songwriting and your craft and and your own inner, you know, pressing the find me button and your inner artistry. That's where it starts because without you being convinced that you have a story to tell the world, music to share with the world, and you give yourself permission to step up onto your own spotlight to do it because nobody's going to give you permission. You've got to take that permission on the inside. When you've kind of, when you've lit that touch paper on the inside of you, then it's it's not so difficult to start to put the other pieces in place. But many, many people, they want to skip steps and they want somebody to make it easy for them. And here's the easiest way to make anything easy for yourself. Slow yourself down. Do what you need to do to turn yourself into the, the musician and the artist that you are proud to actually go out with. It's not about perfection. It's about you going out with a wholehearted sense that you've got something important to say to the world through your music and when you actually have that on the inside the rest 
the rest is simply like icing on the the cake really mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. true so um just just leading it in a slightly different direction um okay. because we do always ask our guests these this question have you ever been called such a bitch <laughs> um yeah as in in a professional as setting. in a professional way because you are a woman in the exactly. music industry and well, um, um well i i don't know about uh mentorship i don't think i have yeah i don't think i have personally i've probably called it to myself a couple of times um <laughs> i haven't personally but i think that's because i think depending on it and i really think the people that are called such a bitch are braver than the ones who haven't had it called them yet. And I'll say, I I really think that's true because if somebody's saying to somebody, oh, you're such a bitch, they're standing up for themselves. And yet I I kind of almost want to encourage people, if you haven't had it said to you yet, you you, you (laughs) probably have something more to say. (laughs) Be more of a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think. I also. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> I also think it might also be because, you know, having worked as a vocal coach for so long, vocal coaches are traditionally seen as female, right? In at least in Germany, I don't know how it is in the UK, but generally, um, maybe it's because I grew up with female vocal coaches, but for me, I think a vocal coach is female, um, which is obviously not true because I know there are male vocal coaches out there. But maybe that's also part of the reason because you were in a more feminine, in air quotes, um, job. Yeah, I uh, think in that's, that perspective that's, that has something to do with it. Yeah, it's like the the nurturing and and teaching job in the music kind of. So it it fits. While I think if sorry if you're um if you're like a, one of our other guests, you know, if you're uh, playing the guitar, it's like oh my god, a female musician, and you know she she wants her sound or her or this or that a certain way. Oh my god, she's such a bitch. <laughs> or even when um, you're a singer and you try I, to, I, I think it comes from. I, I think you're absolutely right. Being a teacher and being a mentor, there's a space I've had to fall in because most the majority of people that I work with um they need me to have empathy and to understand what they're going through so I would probably be dealing with the person that has been called such a bitch yeah if that makes sense and I would not be wanting to dampen that down in any way shape or form because I think it's absolutely vital that we have more females with a voice, you know, even on the Brits last night, um, you know, it's pro- even if it was, you know, I don't know how much they had females winning the prizes because it was contrived versus real. It doesn't matter to me. It matters that actually we are highlighting women in the music industry, that we are giving them a platform and that they are being seen and being heard um, for what they're able to do and contribute. That's way more important for me that we're actually that we're having the conversation and that we're mm. giving the, the the platform. Um it doesn't, you know, I, I've been called a bitch in the in, in business, as, as it were, not necessarily in the music business, but in, in other areas. But that well, there generally you, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, it, it, do you know what it happens though? Because you are often challenging norms, 
Um, and, and, and here's the thing is sometimes, certainly, I, I found it in a different context, as it were, but sometimes women feel as if they need to – there's a fine line, I think, being called a bitch – because you are really standing in your full power and it's a it, it's it's a it's almost like a comment because you've kind of hit on somebody else's boundaries sometimes women feel that that's the way they have to act to be heard and it's not and there's a fine line between the difference between being aggressive to be heard in which case you're just simply shouting at the world and that's not that's not the place to be heard in if you're standing in your full presence if you're really shining your light if you have a if you're speaking your truth you may well be called a bitch but it's not because you've come from the wrong energy behind it it's because you're absolutely standing in your full power and i think just knowing the difference sometimes can can make a big difference as to as to how women courageously step into that power rather than feel they have to fight or force for it. I think it also makes a big difference for the people like the women who are doing the, the talking um, because if you, if you feel like you constantly have to shout and be aggressive or whatever to be heard, then you're going to get resentful. You're going to get angry. You're going to get bitter. And um, it's, much nicer for yourself if you know I will be hurt um, and uh, this is how I do it and I don't have to be angry um, and it, it, it takes a load off I think emotionally. There's a great quote isn't it, that says be so good that they can't ignore you <laughs> and that doesn't mean you know and I just I love that quote because it's it for me it's about staying on your own piece of paper staying in your own lane forming the you know creating the music, the pathway, the story, the life that you want to create with it and being completely unapologetic about that. And, 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 and actually, because when you're working on yourself with this, when you're really stretching yourself in the way an athlete would, you know, whether it's, whether it's physical voice that you need to work on, you know, so that you've got a solid technique that you're confident with, whether it's your musicianship, your songwriting skills, your artistry, your performance, the, the way that you do your records or even the way you market yourself all the way through the chain. If you really work on every piece of that to the best of your ability, uh, you're kind of going to find a place for yourself because you're going to get to that place where you are remarkable, where you are you're going to be seen and heard because it's literally like a lighthouse. You're so consumed with actually putting that thing out into the world that it's it's almost like you don't even need to worry what what people are going to say and do around it. What's most important to me is if somebody unapologetically standing up and, and sharing their gifts and their talent with the world and, and using every available method uh, of communication and channel that they can get that out on. If they are, they will find a place in, in that in where it where it works for them. You can never guarantee success in in its major form because you're not in. You know, nobody's nobody's kind of got that pendulum swing. And you hear so many artists that kind of go, and then this happened, and suddenly I had my big break. Well, there's no overnight success. There is a plethora of artists and musicians working, you know, for the for the previous five to ten years sometimes behind the scenes. And and that moment can often come if they if they are wanting it and they're still happy and hungry with what they're doing and sharing. You know, they will find their space. I'm absolutely convinced of that. If they are if if they want to find their space, they will. Yeah, yeah, I um, I totally agree with that. It's like a snowball, and it just 
goes down the mountain, it gets bigger, 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 and you can't have that one thing happen to you if the snowball is not that big already. You know, right. so it's kind of the momentum and the and the the mass that you create by just keeping on, just doing it <laughs> and growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you just know, it's like if you feel, and that, so actually, I, spoke, I I was working with two singers this morning, two singers with the same problem, one guy, one girl, okay? Both, both, here's the biggest problem. They were waiting until they were kind of wanting to get everything perfect, yeah. getting everything so perfect in their singing because it, and this is, this is the kind of, I suppose, the, the dilemma with vocal coaching with people is that some people need vocal coaching or they need that support right at the get-go to get their confidence up, to find their artistry, to find their framework, as it were, and to, to use that as a kind of launch pad off. And then there's other people go, I don't want a voice coach because they'll completely stop my style. Not true if you get the right kind of thing at all, but this idea of kind of getting in people's style. Well, they're the ones that will actually probably be out there in the market pushing themselves forward. They might shred their vocal cords here and there, and then they end up getting some help later on. It kind of doesn't matter. You kind of need it when you need it, if that makes sense. But I I really want to encourage people that feel as if they are overthinking absolutely everything to just let that slide off the table and go almost right ready fire aim don't wait until you think you're ready go before you think you're ready because what you do in the marketplace will will, you will naturally find or lose opportunity that does not mean that you you have to take yourself out the game it means that actually everything you're getting is feedback for you to go back and try again and you have to be tough you have to kind of be able to take the no's and the yeses and kind of fall apart in front of an audience then have to kind of get it together again and come back again and again but those shy souls that have immense talent and they're hiding behind the scenes waiting to get themselves perfect then that's a really that's probably going to be the person that is the, one of the most talented people that we could see in the world who doesn't shine their light. So I, I encourage people to just to, to not wait until they're perfect. Get the help you need along the way, but get out there and start doing this thing now to find your feet. You know, that's because it's really hard if you're just overthinking everything all the time. Yeah, get ready for the next failure. <laughs> I think actually adding to um, the metaphor that Dana said uh, earlier with the mountain, like the snowball rolling down the mountain, I think at the beginning it's more you're rolling your snowball up the mountain and at some point <laughs> yeah. you come, come to the peak and then it starts rolling and gaining momentum and that's when you know you've done something. <laughs> your tipping point, as it were. So, I mean, exactly, I mean, yeah. Like Dana, what was, you know, what was your tipping point? For, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. <laughs> to be well, totally honest. Your recent, your recent songs have gotten like, what, 50,000 streams or something? Yes, That's my, amazing. They're both over 50,000 and I have an EP coming uh, soon. And uh, yes, a lot is going to go, going to happen around that as well. We've got this whole marketing campaign and everything set up. So we're waiting to go. We're waiting to go and see what happens with that. Yeah. But so when was the point, you know, kind of almost that, that place where I, I like to sometimes, you know, I find myself curious of asking the questions too here. <laughs> um, because I think it's kind of like this importance. We sometimes see people are having some success and we kind of have this gray area and we don't know 
did something just magically happen for them? Did unicorns and rainbows fall on them, as it were, you know, or was it some consistent kind of plugging? And then suddenly, before you know it, there seems to be a momentum. And I think it is important to kind of give people a, a true reflection, because I think sometimes they reality tv shows the idea of a big music vehicle to take you forward there's this idea of somebody make me a star and actually you all you make yourself that yeah. you you start off with that so i was just curious as like is, is there something you, you can define that felt like your slight movement or tipping play point in a new direction not really um i'm just you know i continue to hammer away to pave the road in front of me um yeah so that's that's obviously you you start meeting people you start to have your network and that's so important everybody keeps saying that but it is true it's so important in the music industry so the more people you know and um the more people you start to reach out to and the more that starts happening on your socials or with your music and you start learning about yourself as well and your sound changes and it's just it's just this whole journey and I don't think that there's one without the other um so so yeah it's it's like you said um some some people think you know that all of a sudden you see this new artist in the charts it's like oh my god an overnight success but this person has been working on that for probably for years and years before <laughs> and, and women probably working a darn sight harder yeah actually. exactly you know, that behind it but i do remember a an interview with it was it was years ago now but with with john bon jovi and the interviewer said you know when did you know you'd made it and it was quite interesting i've never forgotten what he said because i think here is the truth of it he said well there's been huge career highlights that I can say to you. He said, but I can't ever say to you, I feel like I've made it. He said, because if I say that I've made it, it's like there's nothing else to make. And I feel like there's still so much more in me to give and so much more in me to explore, even if it's not those type of career highlights, which I thought was an incredible way for artists to see it. Because otherwise there's a kind of, you know, it, it reminds me of my daughter in the car. Are we there yet, mummy? Are we there yet? <laughs> Am I there yet? Are we there yet? And actually, there's 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 no way of knowing. There's just the next step and the next step, really, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, and it also kind of, if you think, oh, I've made it, it kind of takes away the nothing bigger will come. You know, it, it's like, oh, I've made it. I can't get any bigger than this. That's, that's kind of sad. You, <laughs> you kind of sit there and be like, well, you don't know that. <laughs> you know, and sometimes there's this, I kind of look at artists a bit like a Christmas tree. In every generation, there's like probably one or two stars on the Christmas tree that we really know, the Beyonce's, the big top stars, as it were. And then every, then underneath that is all of the other branches on the Christmas tree. And and all the other artists, all the other people that make that happen, et cetera, in the music industry. Um, and that star could not be that star if it, if there wasn't all of the other branches and everything else sitting underneath that at the same time, you know. And occasionally we want a new star and some, you know, and there's always the next opportunity then, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you were saying you also did um, some sessions where people can subscribe. Right. Yes. So I, um, if somebody is looking for 
actual vocal help, then they can simply, there'll be some sort of links, I'm sure, that people can connect with me through Instagram, et cetera, or, or other means. Um, but I also, again, in terms of helping people create their visibility or their plan of what they want to do. So I run visibility boot camps and they're free to attend and they help people to get really clear on what it is they're trying to even describe themselves as. So sometimes I've got artists, not just people in in business, et cetera, but artists are going, well, you know, how, how do I describe myself? How do I, what do I put on the, you know, on an album cover or how do I, what, what genre do I go in for, et cetera? And that's part of your own sort of brand identity. And that's across the board, no matter whether you're a musician or, a, you know, you're in a job that you, you know, or something that you run, a business you run yourself. So I run visibility boot camps. And, you know, and my door is basically my email door is always open or my or my DM door, as it were, is always open for people to ask a question. Because if I, you know, depending on what the question is, I can help point people in the right direction. It's just sometimes that next step to go. So people can connect with me either with uh, some of the boot camps, et cetera. And I run a membership for people if they're looking to market themselves. So that can be creatives that want to sort of market themselves. Uh, within the music industry or with what they're doing and that's under uh, thevisibleclub.com and so you can find thevisibleclub.com and then there's some links for boot camps but yeah just for me it's like the whole aspect of being a creative or being in business or in music for yourself needs a wholehearted rounded approach and I've just been really fortunate to be able to see that from all angles with a with an artist from as you say from the recording side of things to the performing side to the business side even to the mindset side so I feel very privileged that I've had enough of a background to be able to help an artist as a 360 uh, way forward. Well I can uh, definitely say I highly recommend uh, anything from Angela but especially the visibility boot camp is going to be great. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely going to do the next check time. it out. You'll yes. see me there. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, um, that's um, yeah, that's all for today. Uh, thank you for tuning into Unboxing Women. Be sure to connect with us on our socials, which you can find in the show notes. Send us a DM or let us know your personal experiences with the hashtag such a bitch. Here's a little banner. There you go. <laughs> um, today's guest has been Angela. Thank you again for coming on the show. It was great Thank to you have so you. Thank you so much. I've loved it. Thank you. So all of the links to Angela's projects will be in the show notes. So be sure be sure to check those out. And I will be on the next coaching session definitely <laughs> uh, don't forget to support your favorite artists through merch or donations my name is Dana Rex and I've been chatting with Micah Rose and Angela Durant this is a bi-weekly show and we will be back for you all in two weeks time same time same place <laughs>